Good morning. This is Pastor Todd. Thank you for tuning in to the Gathering Place podcast. This week, a guest speaker is going to bring a special message for the church. Here is this week's special message. Bless Kara. We thank you for her. And she had a little difficulty with hives this morning, Father God, that will not interfere what you have for this woman of God to share. I thank you, Lord, that she was not shut down by that, but she's here. And Father God, I thank you, Lord, that your power is actively working in Kara. And Father God, open up our ears to what you have for us through this voice that God has given us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So um, we continue our series over faithfulness, uh, with faithfulness. And we're going through the fruits of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So um, as I was preparing, there's so much in Scripture about faithfulness and where I could um, go with uh, with. Uh, um, what the Lord had to say, but the Lord told me to look up the definition of faithfulness. So, good old Webster's Dictionary says faithfulness, steadfast in affection or allegiance, firm in adherence to promises or in observance of duty, given with strong assurance, true to the facts, to a standard, or to an original. And the last definition, it had obsolete, but it says full of faith. So I thought, I thought we would go through each definition and see how, how um, what God's, God's definition is of the, these faithfulness. So the first definition is steadfast in affection or allegiance. So... The Lord, first, the Lord is faithful, and he's steadfast in his affection towards us and to, towards his allegiance to, to us. Deuteronomy 7, 6 through 9 says, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasure possession. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandment. Um, Cal, I'm on eight. Uh, so uh, so the, this passage just summarizes that the Lord is he set his affection on us. He set, he's the one who keeps his covenant to us. 
he's the one who alleges his faithfulness to us and that he will be uh, um, keep his oaths towards us and it's not it, and it's not because of anything we did but because of his love towards us and then it, the lord's faithfulness and his affection and allegiance towards us also is demonstrated by what he does for us. In Psalm 91, it, it, I'm going to read the whole chapter, actually, because it's so good at telling us what the Lord does for us. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift up your, in their, you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You, you will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent because he loves me, says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. The Lord is faithful in that those who love him, he will deliver him. He will, he will listen to him. He will be their salvation. He will rescue them. He, he will cover them. There, there's so much in Psalm 91 that, um, that the Lord is faithful to do for those who he has set his affection and his allegiance to. Lament, uh, the next Lord's faithfulness is, is that in Lamentations 3, 22 through 26, because the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Whether that is physical salvation from the life to come and being able to see him in paradise or even salvation in a work and finance sense where he rescued Byron this week and all the difficulties. He, his mercies are new every morning. Why? Because he loves us. He loves us so much that he set his, his faithfulness in that love for us. He sets his affection on us.
so then I went to a biblical example of of a biblical character and his faithfulness and being faithful to the allegiance to the Lord and affection. I, I'm just going to give you a synopsis because, as you know, Job is 42 chapters long. And so basically, most of you know the story of Job. Satan comes and says, Lord, yeah, you have, uh, have this righteous person here, but they've not su suffered for you. And the Lord allows Job to suffer. We may not understand why the Lord allowed that, but he allowed Job to suffer. But Job was faithful in his allegiance and in his affection towards the Lord that he did not stumble. Um, in Job 2, 2-3, have you considered my sojourner, Job, Job, there is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil, and he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. Job, even though calamity came and trauma came and and destruction came and everything left him. He still maintained his integrity that he learned before the trials came. And that's when, when it is learned, is, is not in the trial, but before the trial comes. Mm -hmm. Your affection needs to be strong when you know it is strong, when you know the Lord is for you, because if you don't know it then, you're not going to know it in the trial. Yeah. And so Job had integrity and he knew what the Lord, who the Lord was for him. And, and at the end of Job, it says, Job 42, 1 through 2, Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things, no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Job had the assurance that the Lord was with him and was faithful to him, that he kept his faithfulness through all the trials. Finally, next I went to our faithfulness. What is it that the Lord wants for our faithfulness and our affection towards him? And our allegiance. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone comes to him must believe that he exists, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The Lord most of all wants our love towards him. He wants our faith that he loves us, and that we can't please him. It's impossible to please him unless we believe that he exists and that he rewards us. He rewards us by when we say, Lord, take it. I want to be your faithful servant. I know I have done wrong. Take control of this life, and I want to seek you with all my heart. And um, if you want to know more about that, either I or the pastors here can lead you into a loving relationship of continuous 
seeking his faithfulness towards you and his love. So some takeaways from this, this definition. It, it, the Lord is faithful to those who he loves. He loves, he loves you, he loves you. He, we can be faithful just as Job in the trials, but, but that starts with being faithful before the trials. And finally, we need to pledge our allegiance to the Lord. Some of you may have had Sunday school when you were little that you pledged allegiance not only to the American flag, but to the Bible and the Christian flag. These, these allegiances are still true. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path and will hide its word in my heart that I might not sin against God. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag and to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands, one brotherhood uniting all mankind in service and in love. His faithfulness is not dependent on our allegiance, but we, deserve, we, we owe him the honor to, lead our life, to pledge our allegiance to, to him, to make his word our lamp, to make his word our light, to hide his words so that we don't sin against him, to, to be in unity with one another, and to serve him and to love him. So the next definition of faithfulness is firm in adherence to promises or in observance of duty. The Lord's faithfulness is exhibited in Isaiah 25.1. Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name. For in perfect faithfulness, you have done wonderful things planned long ago. It is also evident in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. it. The Lord is faithful to his promises. He, he promises things to us. Um, a lot of times in our dreams, in our conversations, in our prayer life, that he will be faithful to uphold I, I, one of our members are, is learning about dreams and not just, not just um, the dreams you dream at night, but the dreams that God placed in their heart long ago. And God places those dreams not, not, not just because he loves us, but because he wants the best for us. And he wants to show his faithfulness that he's the one that's fulfilling those dreams. Um, and he's also faithful that we can adhere to his, his law and his truthfulness. He won't let us be tempted into sin. Um, he will always provide a way out. <clears throat> 
Um, I was reminded this week of a biblical character who demonstrated um, that uh, this this aspect of faithfulness, the, that he, the, the adherence to promises and observance of duty. This character was Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 23 through 15. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord and proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah, Jerusalem, in the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it to give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before or this temple that bears your name, and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. But now here are men from Amnon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt, so they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and the little ones stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehazel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Metaniah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph. And he stood in the assembly. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Jehoshaphat reminded the Lord of his faithfulness to, to, king, to him as king, but also to Israel. He reminded him of all that he had done in the, in the past for Jehoshaphat and the, peop and the people. And he recognized that it was only the Lord. And he called the fast and he called the people to turn their hearts to him. Jehoshaphat didn't get it always right, but in this case, he got it right. He turned his heart towards the Lord and called the people to turn his heart, their hearts. He reminded the Lord of his faithfulness and his adherence to the promises the Lord gave Israel that they were called a chosen, um, a chosen nation, a royal priesthood. A possession of the Lord and if they were to be destroyed that would not happen so he reminded the Lord of his own faithfulness towards them our faithfulness Hebrews 11 1 now faith is 
confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. In Philippians 1, 27 through 30, whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will not I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. God's faithfulness is believing that we in what we hope for, even when we can't see it with our own eyes, even when it seems impossible, even when we we are believing for a healing of a loved one and it it has not come, even when we're believing for limbs to grow out and it, they have not appeared, when we believe that. Uh, uh, Jonathan's going to walk again and preach the gospel even when we don't see the results yet. It's it. Faithfulness is it hearing that God's faithful to his promises. And we can be faithful even when we don't see because he is faithful. Some of the takeaways I, I took is that we need to know the truth. We need to know his promises. We need to know not only the word, but his prom specific promises to, our, to, our, to ourselves, to me. Um, you know, there are things that I'm waiting for that I have not seen yet, but I have faith that they will happen. The next definition is of faithfulness is given with strong assurance. The Lord's faithfulness to us is demonstrated in 2 Samuel 22, 26-37. To the faithful you show yourself faithful. To the blameless you show yourself blameless. To the pure you show yourself pure. But to the devious you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them low. You, Lord, are my lamp. The Lord turns my darkness into the light. With your help, I can advance against the truth. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of deer. He causes me to stand on heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give away. God's assurance is that He's the one who will remain faithful in, in uplifting us, keeping us strong. Um, a biblical character of this type of faithfulness is David. 
In Psalm 26, 2-3, he says, Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind, for I have always been mindful of your unfailing love and have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. David had the assurance of the Lord's faithfulness and relied on his faithfulness. Another biblical character that showed this aspect of faithfulness is Paul. In Acts 27 through 22 through 26, a storm is raging forth and he's on a ship. And all his shipmates is saying, we're going to die, we're going to die. And, and Paul says, it, Paul was, Paul was, it was revealed to Paul through a dream that no, they're not going to die. And he, he rest assured on that promise in Acts 27 through 22 through 26. But now I urge you to keep your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. Paul had the faith had what the Lord told him he rest assured on that he the whole ship was going to be saved all the men the ship would be destroyed but the men would survive our faithfulness in, in this aspect of faith Hebrews 10:19 through 25 therefore brothers and sisters since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with, to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold and swirling to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meaning together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. My takeaways from this is that we can rest assured that, that the Lord is faithful. He's going, to be, he's going to do what he says he does. And that gives us courage to do what he's called us to do, to take that step of faith. To, um, one of the members today um, texted me and another member after overhearing our Zoom call that the Lord at one point told him to march around, march around and a non-believing friend's house seven times, and they were there. And even when it, <laughs> and even when it looks crazy, and the Lord calls us to be faithful with what He instructs us to do. The next aspect of faithfulness, the next definition is true to the facts, to a standard, or to an original. The Lord's faithfulness in this is 
Deuteronomy 32, 3-4. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. I will praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect. All his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just is he. And then Psalms 33, 4. For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. And Psalm 111, 6-9. He has shown his people the power of his works, giving them the lands of other nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever, enacted in faithfulness and uprightness. He provided redemption for his people. He ordained ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. And finally, Romans 3, 2 through 3. Much in every way. First of all, the Jews have been entrusted with the very words of God. What if some were unfaithful? Were will their unfaithfulness nullify God's faithful? Not at all. Let God be true and every human being a liar, as it is written, so that you may be proved right when you speak and prevail when you judge. The Lord's, the Lord's word is true. It goes back to the allegiance believing that his Bible is God's true word, that it provides a light and a lamp to our feet because it will not fail us. His, every word written in the scripture was God breathed and it leads us to his truth then kind of odd that I would choose Balaam because he it, 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 he's a, a wicked prophet but in in the, in this chapter the Lord changed his w wickedness into righteousness and a call to righteousness to Balak. And, um, and he said some faithful things about the Lord. He, he could not say nothing that the Lord was not putting on his mouth. And um, one of those phrases was Numbers 23, 18 through 20. And he spoke his message, Arise, Balak, and listen. Hear me, son of Zippor. God is not human that he should lie, not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I have received a command to bless. He is blessed, and I cannot change it. Even, even the wicked recognizes the faithfulness of God. And if the Lord has put something on their heart, they can't change it no matter what they want to do. In this passage, Balaam couldn't change what the Lord wanted him to say. And he, he walked, even though he was not a faithful Israelite, he still walked it out and said what the Lord had him to say. Our faithfulness, um, so a personal example is I'm still walking this out, but God preparing this and throughout the, the sermon and throughout the last few months, um, the, last, in the next three weeks, if a child doesn't come 
in the next three weeks, I have to make a decision whether I stay with this agency, move on to a different agency, or give up on, on adoption completely. And the Lord said, no, I'm faithful. No matter if it takes even longer, I'm still faithful. And um, because, why? Because I had a dream. I can't deny it because my heart was like, I'm not, I'm not for this. This is not, I'm not, I'm single. I have a career, you know, I, I, but the Lord said, no, the Lord revealed it in a dream that, no, this is the path for you. I have to be faithful in, in knowing that his word is true no matter how long the process. And no matter if, if the decision is that I have to switch an agency, I still have to be faithful because his word is faithful to me. And, and part of this process, I know, like, I know, I, I, I'm like, Lord, will I be a good parent? And the Lord has brought a family to live with me who are excellent parents. Yeah, they have their failures, and, you know, like every parent does, but they show love constantly to their children, you know? And being reminded of his goodness in a father that's not perfect, but he's a wonderful father to his kids. A wonderful example to his kids and showing me like there are good you know good parents and you can be a good parent in this process has has been part of the process of faith in this journey so yeah um, So the takeaway is to stand on his truth. The final, the final um, definition of faith is to be full of faith. And I, I struggled with how to relate the Lord's faithfulness, being full of faith, but I, um, to fit it in here, but the Lord said, I was faithful faithful in coming for you. Um, I'm, I was faithful in doing the Father's will. I had full faith of what the Father wanted me to do, that I still came for you. Um, that I came so that you would believe. John 6, 35 through 38. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. The Lord was always full of faith. He was faithful in what the, his father told him to do.
Um, the, uh, so Hebrews 11 is called the Hall of Fame for Faith chapter. And it, it is like all these men and women who had faith. And com it, it commends them for faith. Um, I just pulled out, I mistyped, but Hebrews 11, 32 through 39. These are ones that are somewhat less famous to, than the ones that prior, but they, they were still full of faith. At, at one, what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, ministered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an ever better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, and I even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The word was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. All these men and women were full of faith and acted on it. We, in like ways, we may not be called to be tortured or beaten or shipwrecked, but we are called to be faithful and full of faith with what he has given us. Our faithfulness, Jude 20 and 21, but you, dear friends, friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Foremost, a life of faith is keeping ourselves in God's love and his assurance towards us that he's for us. In conclusion, Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Remain assured that he loves you and he's faithful to you. This is Pastor Todd again. Thank you for listening to the message today. I pray the Lord uses it to strengthen your walk with God. If you were blessed by this message and would like to support the ministry of the Gathering Place financially, I encourage you to use our online giving portal at tgpchicago.org. Once again, that is tgpchicago.org. Our portal uses PayPal's secure site so none of your information is compromised. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the TGP Podcast. God bless you, and have a great week.